Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Connecting you with trendsetters who are leading innovation in public safety and expert advice on growing your own post-law enforcement business. And now, your host, Adam Wills. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. This is hands down the wildest episode of the podcast I have recorded yet. When I first met the guest for my show today, I was absolutely stunned by what he was telling me is, in his opinion, the greatest new threat to officer safety. Greg Kaminsky is a former law enforcement officer, a digital forensic examiner, and the founder and CEO of CyberCuff. He believes that voice-activated devices, often referred to as the Internet of Things, are an emerging threat that law enforcement needs to quickly gain an awareness of. If you too are skeptical about this idea just as I was, take the time to listen in on this episode and then immediately take Greg up on his offer for a free virtual training event coming up in just a couple weeks. Welcome to the Public Safety Innovators Podcast. Today, I have Greg Kaminsky on the show, and we are going to talk a little bit about the Internet of Things and, and connected devices. Now, if that sounds really nerdy to you guys, don't turn it off just yet. Stick around because this is actually going to be a really, really, really interesting episode. Um, Greg is going to share with us some thoughts that he has on how the Internet of Things and connected devices can create a, a danger and a threat to public safety in general, as well as to law enforcement specifically, uh, and what he and his company at CyberCuff are doing to to help mitigate that. So he certainly provoked some thoughts in me and things that I never even would have dreamed of. So welcome to the show, Greg. Thanks, Adam, for having me. Yeah. So let's just start it off. Anybody that's listening to the show that maybe isn't the most tech savvy right off the bat and is wondering what in the heck we're even talking about when we say Internet of Things, can you kind of just maybe just give a broad definition, let everybody know what does that constitute? For sure. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. Internet of Things is a very broad definition. All it is, is any device that can connect to the internet. So common uh, IoT devices. So you'll hear me refer to IoT. That just means it stands for Internet of Things. Um, But common IoT devices are going to be your Alexa, your um, your Ring device, um, your, your Google Assistant, those kind of things that can connect to the internet or labeled smart are technically IoT devices. So, I mean, that can be anything from your refrigerator to, like you said, your your Alexa device, your your home lighting, if you have smart home lighting, your security system, your door locks could be all manner of things, anything that you would connect to a Wi-Fi network. Or, or even a cellular data network, I guess. Correct. There's a bunch of different ways to, to connect, the, 
connect these devices. There's also, you know, you have things like Tesla. Tesla, the, the car is connected to, to the internet. You have, um, so there's smart bird feeders out there. There's smart forks. There's smart egg trays. There's pretty much anything that you can think of that connects to the internet and can send data back and forth to these objects is considered um, an Internet of Things device. And these devices are going to, they're already here now, but they're projecting by 2025, there's going to be 75 billion of these devices connected to the internet. Wow, that's incredible. I was thinking through this this morning before uh, we were going to jump on this interview. And one of the things that I thought of, because I live in a rural area, there's a lot of farming around me. And most of these farmers now, they're running their 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 irrigation sprinklers from their smartphones. They're even running their tractors from their smartphones. Wow. So th- that kind of scared me a little bit, actually. And, and people might be laughing if they're listening right now, wondering why a smart tractor might scare me. But in the context of our conversation, I'll just let you unpack that a little bit. Because when we first met, you gave me kind of this hypothetical scenario. and the 30 seconds it took you to explain that to me is what made me go, holy smokes. All right. This is something that I got to pay attention to. So why don't you share that with the audience and let them hear what, what your kind of doomsday scenario <laughs> might be, if you will. Yeah, for sure. So a realistic one. <laughs> with, with these devices and the power um, and the simplicity of them being able to connect to the, to the internet, you're allowed to... We, we uh, came up with this hypothetical scenario for my master's thesis, and it was just saying, hey, can these devices be connected together and be used for bad in a sense? And so pretty much what we did is we, these are all going to be smart devices, but smart um, lights, smart lock, um, you have your computer with all your information on it. And what we did is we, we just say one command and you one command, you're able to shut off your lights, you're able to turn off your door locks, you're able to encrypt your computer, you can wipe data, pretty much what you can do is with one command, you can set off triggers of other commands and other objects that you have. Uh, connected to your own device. Uh, another thing that you can do since they have everything connected to the internet now, you have smart pressure cookers, you have smart microwaves, you have smart ovens. All of these devices are now connected to the internet and can be triggered from, you know, whether somebody's coming in to serve a search warrant or from hundreds of miles away. So it's just, it's going to open a new, a new door and a new danger to law enforcement with these devices and how they can be you know, connected together to, to cause harm or, or, or delete data or encrypt data. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, um, you know, moving forward to see how, how these devices all, all work and, and what they can, and their their capabilities moving forward. So hypothetically, you know, if I'm, I'm a fugitive and I know the cops are looking for me and I, I I don't want to go to jail. I'm not going to jail. I could you know, set up a, a pressure cooker bomb on my front porch, uh, hidden, you know, inside of a box or whatever, right by the front door, maybe even, maybe even mount like a, a shotgun or a crossbow up on the, the eaves of the roof with a little, uh, Wi-Fi connected actuator of some sort that would press the trigger. And I could easily just, you know, cops show up my front door. I could say, uh, hey Siri, you know, panic or something like that. And it would shut off all my lights in my house, lock all my doors, encrypt all of my my uh, devices, wipe all the data, send a message to whoever I want, and then activate those 
those devices on the front. Correct. Step. Yeah. And, and to, to that point, that's, that's kind of what happened and where this kind of turned into, to a business and saying like, Hey, we need to get this, get this idea out. That was hypothetical at one point was unfortunate deaths of the two special agents, uh, Schwarzenberger and Alfin down in Florida. Uh, a guy was, you know, watching them through a ring device. So these ring devices, even you can see out all into the, into the streets. You can see, you can put them all around your house and even motion sensing something as little as that. Uh, if you see, um, something in your garage and, and it ticks off a motion sensor that can cause a trigger of commands and set off other things that you have hooked up again, lights off, locks off, whatever that makes these things so interesting to me is it's being able to, to switch on and off something and just having a switch of electricity by, you know, with minimum human interaction. So you're either using your voice or you're pushing a button when you're not even there. So the possibilities of, of these devices and the capabilities are going to be endless with, with taking the human, human aspect out of it. So I got to admit to you, like when you first gave me that hypothetical scenario, not only did it open my eyes, but my initial reaction was, you know, this is, this is a little far-fetched, right? This is a little crazy. And I, I guess I'm curious to ask you, like, what do you think? Is it really far-fetched or are you just really that far ahead of this? Or is this a reality now? Do you think, I mean, is this sort of thing already happening? Or if it's not, how soon do you think do you think we're going to start seeing that in a public safety setting or, or what does that look like? So kind of like I mentioned before the two, um, so we had the, the unfortunate deaths of the special agents that were triggered by the ring device. There was another one in Ohio, same thing. They were able to get the motion sense notification on their phone that said, Hey, you know, people are coming up to the house so you can see that. Also, we have built, we have built our own little mini display. So uh, that's an, one of the things when we go, you know, present our trainings and stuff is we show people, Hey, listen, this, this is what we can do. It takes us 10, 15 minutes to, to set these, these, these trigger commands, these routines up. And this is here. And, and one of the things that why I started this is I have noticed in my short time in law enforcement was that law enforcement is very reactive and IOT devices are here now. And I want to try to, you know, try to bridge that gap and, and kind of br- be a little proactive and bring this idea forward to try to get people thinking about this, raising awareness, like, Hey, this is a possibility, you know, look out for these types of things, understand their capabilities, understand their damage that can be done. And even using these things for good, um, we can use these for, you know, helping your case. You know, there, we can discuss that later about how they can help, help cases. But yeah, this, this, this is here in my opinion, um, it's going to be here. And, you know, technology is just always going to get better and smarter. And I think as law enforcement, we need to keep up with the, keep up with the curve. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly already here. And obviously you just described a couple of events where, you know, this sort of thing has already happened. Um, maybe not to the degree of sophistication that we described, but I think it's only safe to assume at this point that it's only going to grow in frequency and, sophistication at this point. I mean, that's just what happens with technology, especially when, you know, it can be adopted uh, for nefarious purposes. You just kind of see that sort of thing start to 
grow. Correct. Correct. And like I said, yeah, you know, I mentioned before, 75 billion, I think there's 30 billion devices, you know, give or take, obviously from different statistics, but there's already 30 billion devices now um, that are connected to the internet. And, you know, obviously like your smartwatch and you got your, you got your phones, you got cameras, everything is going to be connected to the internet. You can, you can create little ecosystem. So if your car, that's going to be a smart car, it gets say two blocks from your house, that's going to be able to set off a trigger that, you know, for let's say purposes of good, it's going to set off a trigger, you know, your blinds are going to open, it's going to turn your AC on, it could start, you know, you know, whatever you have in the oven, um, it could start your crock pot, it can do all these things. So our, our day to day life is going to be embedded with these connected devices. And, and they're going to become very simple to to use and and help our lives out but again with ease of use and 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 simplicity becomes somebody thinking about hey if this is simple then why don't why don't i just you know set something up to to wipe my data or you know have something you know a gun a gun cabinet that's triggered by um a voice command why not have one of those things ready for when the cops come for me you know and these devices i think what's different now is these devices are are cheap. You know, you can go buy an IOT device and you can, they're not like they're thousands of dollars, you know, 20 bucks here, you know, $50 here, you know, you can buy, you can buy them very cheap. And, you know, the possibilities to me are, are endless with how they can be used. Yeah. Well, I, I decided to test this, this concept out this morning, actually. And, you know, as, as I knew you were, you were coming on the show today and I was like, man, I got to try this. I got to see if I can, if I can do this, if this is really plausible and, if a dummy like me can do it, then, you know, there, there's certainly other people that can too. And so I, I just pulled out my, my iPhone and started playing around because this functionality is built into it, right? You can create automations within your smartphone just by downloading a simple app, which is kind of like, it's kind of like the Zapier. If anybody knows what Zapier is, it's kind of like the Zapier for your smartphone. So I, I started this trigger and I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take this from the perspective, like I'm getting arrested. Okay. So I'm, I'm getting arrested. And what I did was I started it all with a command. Hey, Siri, lawyer up. Right. And so when I say, Hey, Siri, lawyer up, I created this whole series of events where the very first thing it would do is send a text message to my wife and a couple of other people giving kind of a, a code word. Right. And it gives them this code word. So it sends that text and I tested this. I actually did it. (laughs) And so sends them this text message. And then the very next step that I created there was to turn on the voice recorder on my phone. So it automatically turns on the voice recorder to start recording whatever's going on, my interaction with the cops in this hypothetical scenario. And it automatically just turns on and starts recording. And it knows to stop recording either after a certain duration of time or if any anybody interrupts the process by like trying to shut off the phone or whatever. And if that happens, it stops the recording and then automatically sends that recording to the same text group, which I suppose you could have it sent to your attorney or whatever, right? Automatically sends that recording to them. And then it also in the background captures my GPS coordinates and sends them my GPS coordinates via text. And so I, I ran this whole automation and I, I, I did that in, I think, 15 minutes. And I, I had no idea what I was doing when I started off. So I'd say probably the bulk of that time was just trying to figure out how to use it and what to do. But 
in my short amount of time that I spent inside this app and scrolling through it and looking at all the different options, the opportunities are endless. Oh, and I, I, there was one step I left out. I had it, I had it go into my Google drive and grab a, a hidden document, pull that document and then share it with, you know, a certain person. And so, I mean, the opportunities are absolutely endless in what you can do. Uh, which is kind of scary. Like I, I finished that in 15 minutes and I'm like, man, if I sit down for another hour or two, I could build all kinds of crazy automations in this thing. Maybe have my smart tractor <laughs> go and level someone's house or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's, and that's, that's incredible. And, and I'm, I'm glad you, you, you got to do that to see it because it is like you said, when I, when I feel like I tell people, people are like, nah, that can't happen. Or you got to be, you know, a, a digital or a tech guy. I was like, no, like how many people have an Alexa in their home? How many people do simple commands of like, Hey, Alexa, you know, go to night mode and it turns their lights off or, you know, lowers the blinds. It's, it's the same, it's the same concept, just doing, you know, other commands on top of it. You, and like you said, you did it with, um, you did it through your iPhone. There's this thing called, um, if this, then that, which is, has like millions of applets that they're called, which is pretty much just trigger commands. That's all it is. You literally go and you say, if you say this, then this will happen. And it just, it's compatible with a bunch of different, bunch of different products. And it's just the possibilities are honestly endless, but I'm, I'm actually super pumped that you're able to, to t- test yeah. that out and, and see that I'm not, I'm not crazy and that it actually, you know, yeah. it actually works. And this is actually a, a real thing. So that's awesome. I, I just wanted to impress you, Greg. <laughs> I am impressed. That's, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, I've heard of that app that you just mentioned too. That wasn't the one I used. I can't remember the name of the one I used, but it was, it was a free what? app, you know? And, and when you downloaded it, it automatically, you know, kind of recognizes what other apps you have on your phone. And then it curates this list of possible automations that you can run based upon all those apps. And so, I mean, it kind of guides you through it. It makes it really easy. You have to send me what, uh, what app that is. Cause that's, is that the Apple home kit at all? Or, or like you say, you have no, no, I, I can't remember. I had to download it, but yeah, I'll send that awesome. to you for sure. Um, well, I'm curious then. So obviously we've, we've identified that this is a problem or is going to become a more significant problem. So what is the solution? I know that one of the things that you guys at CyberCuff are doing is really focused right now, at least on training. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? What sort of training you're doing to try and bring more awareness and, and some sense of mitigation to this problem and what maybe you have in store, uh, even beyond that? Yeah. So, so like you said, for now, since this is a very new, new company here, we, we decided to attack this by just getting awareness out and getting people to start thinking about this. So we offer an intro course on intro to, to connected devices where we kind of go through the basics of, you know, what, what is the internet of things? How does it work? How do, you know, kind of go a little bit more in depth, how they communicate, how they work together, smart homes, smart hubs. Uh, we talk a little bit about a little bit about evidence, getting evidence off of that, how they can help your case and stuff. So we we have an intro course, and then we're we're developing a bunch of other courses like digital evidence collection about you know kind of going on scene and how to how to identify what these objects look like and and how to use them again again for evidence by their usage logs, their connection connectivity logs. Um, we also offer um, IoT for the private sector. 
which is, I know, something a little different than this, but we're just offering, like, if you, companies, as you know, have been getting hacked left and right here, and they secure their their networks and stuff, but there is, there's these IoT devices that have very, very poor security in them. Like, there was a case back in 2017 where a casino was hacked through a smart thermometer, a fish tank thermometer. So they got into their system from that. So there's, you know, we'll be offering a course on how to, you know, best protect against, you know, your IOT devices in your, um, in your business. But yeah, for like you said, for now we're, we're offering a class. We actually have a class on July 21st. That's going to be a free course that we're going to try to just open up to, to people to, you know, get the ideas out and, and to, to learn about this and, and try to spread it out from there. Is that, yes, is that a virtual, that be a, a virtual, a virtual course? course, virtual course, and you can register on uh, CyberCuff's website then. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about that. What what exactly are you going to be doing in that course? And I'm sorry, what did you say the date was for that? That's going to be July 21st. Okay, this this episode will be out by then. So why don't you let everybody know what kind of stuff are you going to be covering sure. in that course? Um, like I said, so we're probably gonna ju- we're gonna just ro- go over again what is IoT. But the basics of it, getting a good baseline understanding of what this technology is, uh, common IoT devices, uncommon IoT devices. We'll go and talk about uh, IoT in the news, like we kind of talked about before, with why why we should care. Going over the st- like the statistics, is IoT is going to be an eleven trillion dollar um, you know market moving forward here. So you know, just putting that in mind that hey, this is here. Uh, cases of how IoT devices have been used um, to help and, you know, Alexa's, Alexa getting recordings for, for murder cases. We're going to talk about um, different ways that IoT devices can connect through Bluetooth, uh, cellular devices, uh, Zigbee, Z-Wave, which again, doesn't sound familiar, but we'll obviously teach you all about that in there. Smart home hubs, which again is another thing where devices don't even have to be the same type of product and work with a same centralized communication. You can take different products from different places. And if you have a smart home hub, you can literally control any t- any device that you get. Uh, we'll go into IoT forensics, uh, how to identify IoT devices. And a, a little bit, we'll talk about some officer safety, just how to be aware of you know what your surroundings are, the capabilities of these devices um, that they're, again, like you mentioned before, recording. You're, you, you can be recorded at any time when you enter a home. Um, and just, just really kind of giving you guys a baseline of, of what the capabilities of these devices are and um, the potential dangers that they can pose to law enforcement. So is that course, is it a closed course just for law yes, enforcement? Yes, for now, the um, we'll, we'll probably open it up more, okay. but like we'll just ha- as, as long as you're, because we want to keep this, you know, in law enforcement in a sense, right? We want to be able to have, you know, law enforcement minds um, showing that this this can happen. Um, but for, you know, for now, it's going to be a free course that we're going to offer kind of like our first course to get some feedback and, um, to kind of build a better course for, for the people that, you know, that want it, but we're going to just offer just the basics and then, you know, kind of go from there, branch out as we, we develop more. And is that course going to be directed towards like specifically investigators at these law enforcement agencies, admin staff, the line guys, or is it for anybody? Yeah, so this first one's going to be for for anybody. It's just a basic intro course. And then we have another one for like detectives, you know, investigators, um, and more of the, the upper, upper, uh, level guys. All right. 
Um, well, so you guys heard it here first, um, and you should go check out that course that Greg and Cybercuff are putting on. You can go to cybercuff.com to check that out. And I highly encourage you guys to, to jump on that opportunity. Do you ever wonder if your website is effectively communicating with your audience or not? I get asked all the time to audit websites, and in this chapter of the business brief, I'm going to give you my secret formula that I use when evaluating every single website. I always spend the bulk of my time analyzing the top portion of the homepage that can be seen before you even start to scroll. This area is known as above the fold, and it applies the same concept as to what can be seen on the front page of a newspaper before you unfold it. This is the most valuable real estate on your website. Do you remember those Geico commercials in the early 2000s that featured the slogan, so easy even a caveman can do it? Well, your website should be so easy to understand even a caveman can do it. As such, I apply a simple test. Picture yourself at your local coffee shop. You walk up to a complete stranger and show them your laptop with your website's above the fold content pulled up. After five seconds, you snap the lid shut. Your unsuspecting caveman should be able to grunt out the answer to the following three questions. One, what do you offer? Two, how will it make their life better? And three, what do they need to do in order to buy it? If they can't answer those three questions, your website has failed the five second grunt test. Do you want me to check out your website? If so, head over to storywebcreative.com forward slash audit. The business brief is sponsored by leo2ceo.com, where you can listen to every chapter and find everything you need to grow your post-law enforcement business. Now, Greg, I, uh, I guess one thing that is always important uh, when you're talking about any sort of service, uh, if you will, in law enforcement, whether that's training or, uh, you know, any sort of service provider is uh, to understand what what right do you have, essentially, Greg, to speak into this problem that you're solving? You know, where do you come from as somebody who's knowledgeable and credible in this, in this area? Yeah, so just a little bit about um, myself. Um, undergrad, just went for criminal justice. Decided I didn't really know what I uh, wanted to do. So I was interested in policing and obviously the criminal justice field. So I went to the police academy. Uh, as I was sitting there t- waiting for, for a job to come in, it was taking a little while. So I, I saw that there was a, a local university that was hiring. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a job there, st- get a little bit of experience and, and try to further my education while gaining experience and then maybe kind of figure out what I want to do with my life there. So I, I had the great fortunate I was very fortunate to go to DeSales University where I was able to meet the co-founder of uh, with me, Joe Walsh, who was professor there. Um, and him and I kind of just, you know, hit it off. He was like, hey, you should check out Digital Forensics, you know. And I kind of, so I got into the Digital Forensics track and ended up getting my master's degree in that. So I was ended up a, uh, being a police officer for two years. Uh, part-time, I was in a local borough also. Uh, I was also in the inter- I was interned at the local county uh, forensics lab doing digital forensics. But my real experience in this comes from my master's thesis. So that's where Joe handed me an article one day. He's like, "Hey, take a look at this article. Let me know what you think." And I was like, "Hmm." And it was kind of like that same scenario that I that I 
you know, we talked about before. It's like, okay, hey, what happens if we walk in and someone says, Alexa, lawyer up and all this happens? And we're like, all right, let's test it out. Let's see if this is possible. And and that's exactly what, you know, Joe and I did when we worked on this. We we went through, we, we, we researched it, you know, and it's just insane to, to me to see the difference between, I think it was 2019 and where we are in 2021 with how the technology has already advanced. Like back in 2019, it was actually a little bit more difficult to, to set up multiple trigger commands with just one, one word. So you can only do really like one trigger per command. So it, it's changed since then. But then, like I said, uh, after that, I decided to transition into the private sector. And I, I right now, I'm currently a full-time uh, digital forensics examiner um, in Atlanta here. So that's what I do full-time. But then this idea and this company kind of started after the unfortunate deaths of the two FBI agents when we're like, that w- that kind of proved our case, unfortunately. We're like, this is this is here now. This isn't just a hypothetical. This isn't just my master's thesis anymore. This is real. We need to get this out here to save lives. This is not something I should keep in. Uh, we should keep in um, with ourselves. And so that's kind of where, you know, we started here in, in late, late February, early March and trying to just get everything together, trying to figure out the best way to get, get our ideas out and, and educate and hopefully, you know, just impact some people and, and, and save some lives. So that's kind of, uh, you know, where I'm coming from and, and, my co-founder has a bunch of experience, so he's also very, um, very knowledgeable in the IoT. He's also obviously a professor, a police officer. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about you know where we come from and what we're looking to do. And then you and I, we connected on. I think you you messaged me on LinkedIn. I did because you had been seeing some of the things I was posting and in the podcast and that sort of thing, and um, we connected and had a chat and. Um, subsequently you ended up joining the, the Leo to CEO community and have been in there for at least a few weeks now. I mean, man, time flies. I think it's maybe, maybe even been like a month, but it's still relatively new. Why don't you tell everybody what your experience has been like with that and how is yeah, that? For sure. Honestly, the, the, the program or the community Leo to CEO has been, been super helpful for, for someone like me being a, a younger individual getting into, you know, being a CEO and being an owner and making the decisions. And honestly, quite frankly, having no idea what to do or how to kind of start a business. So for, for me personally, it's been able to learn and, and the connections that you make and the other people in the community has been, you know, it's been an awesome experience. So I want to thank you for that, for, you know, I don't even know how this happened and how it all came together, but I'm super, I'm super (laughs) blessed. I'm not (laughs) sure I do either. I'm blessed (laughs) and I'm honored, but yeah, it's my recommendation is it's just a great group of guys that the workshops that that are in the community, um, being able to learn, being able to put up a, Hey, I have a question about this and getting feedback about it. It's just, you know, it's a great place to learn and it helps me start my business. So it's, it's been, it's been awesome. Awesome. It's good to hear that. Um, and just to clarify for everybody else too, it, it is a group of guys right now, um, literally. However, I would love, love to have some, some gal copreneurs join the community too. So it is not, a, it's not intended to just be a boys club, but, uh, you know, we're still growing, but I, you know, it's, uh, it's neat to hear those, those stories because the, the reason why I started that was just because I saw a need from talking to people like you 
reaching out to me that were listening to the podcast and, and things like that and just saw that there was such a need there. And, and it was kind of this like duh moment, right? Uh, because I went through all that same stuff too, starting my own business after my law enforcement career and, you know, went through all those challenges. And for whatever reason, until all, all these copreneurs started reaching out to me, I, I never imagined that uh, it's almost like you get stuck in this, fr- this frame of mind that you're the only one that experiences those problems. Right. And of course, yeah, I can, I can offer something that would help other people. Um, so it's really neat. Cause I, I just love, I love seeing, the wins that that come out of that what what would you what do you think is the single biggest thing that you've gained out of it that has already impacted your business in some tangible way it's a good question uh for me taking from the community um the 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 workshop that we had the other day was very helpful the hero on a mission uh workshop was very helpful to kind of i'm very I'm very all over the place, right? It's very hard right now, starting news, getting, trying to get this ideas to try to like focus and to kind of build something more central in a straight line instead of me just bouncing all over the place, trying to figure out how to even, you know, get courses going, how to, you know, how to make some money, like all of that stuff. So the, the, the people and the courses in Leo to CEO has really helped me try to narrow it all down and try to put some goals together for me to follow um, and really try to figure out what I want to do, how I want to do it and what's the best way to, to serve the, you know, serve the community and serve the people that would potentially be, um, you know, buying from us or helping us. Awesome. Well, so kind of going back to the original purpose of the, uh, the episode here and talking about internet connected devices. I'm curious if you can share, like, what is, what do you think the future looks like of internet connected devices? And I mean, is it right now your business is focused on the education portion of things, but is there ever an opportunity, do you think going forward in which technology can also create a means for law enforcement professionals to be able to circumvent these types of threats that exist? What does that look like to you? Yeah, for sure. So on the basis of what I see for, for IoT devices moving forward, I think within these next five, ten years, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be the next in, like industrial revolution of technology. You're going to have smart cities. You're going to have, you know, smart devices in, in medical and healthcare. So you're going to have, again, pacemakers or, or or things connected to the internet inside of you, which again leads to, you think of the bad, somebody hacking, you know, pacemaker or something inside you. And it's like, hey, pay me, you know, a million dollars or I'm going to turn it off and, and kill you. So there's going to be all, there's just so much, honestly. I could, that's a whole nother podcast of the, the, the capabilities of this outside of just the smart home because internet of things is not, not just, your Alexas, your ring devices. It's like you mentioned before, the, the agriculture, it's, you know, farmers are using these things now. They're able to measure, you know, measure the moisture in the soil to be able to know when the right time is to water this. Um, it's going to be, uh, again, helped in healthcare, being able to monitor patients from, 
miles away, your, your, your physician's going to be able to keep contact on you. So, you know, smart cities are going to have these, it's just going to be these little devices, which are just simple sensors sending back and forth data connected over the internet are going to be everywhere moving forward. And the cool thing about IoT devices, everyone else is having them. Another goal of, of, of me for starting this company would be to eventually create IoT devices to help law enforcement out. There's so many, you know, little, if, if, everyone, yeah. if everyone else is using them, why can't, why can't we use them? So, you know, creating just IoT devices to better help, help law enforcement and, and, and their day-to-day operations. So I think there's a huge opportunity for that. I mean, we've talked about a couple of times with previous guests on this show, how eventually we end up with software overload uh, in law enforcement. I mean, not to make myself sound like a dinosaur because I'm not, but when I started in law enforcement, I didn't have a computer in my car. I didn't have a taser. uh, I didn't have a smartphone. Wow. (laughs) Right. So like none of those things, none of those things existed. I had a notepad in a radio that was the size of the brick. And, you know, now, I mean, we're adding so much technology into these patrol cars and, and on the officer directly with body cameras and, and other smart equipment and the computers. And then the, all the different software that the computers are running. You know, we talked about this on the episode with, with live nine one one as well. And at some point, I think all of those systems have to find a way to be able to come together and integrate with each other, because otherwise we just end up with technology overload. We have too many things to manage and and we're unable to actually be as effective as we were if we just didn't have them at all. And so uh, I certainly see where what you're doing and the vision you have could play into that and create a solution that would help bring those things together. Yeah, for sure. And that's something we would we would love to do and love to make an impact um, and make us make us smarter, uh, make us more efficient. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any closing thoughts for us or anything that you wanted to cover on the show here that we haven't so far? Uh, no, I would just, you know, encourage anybody that's interested and, and wants to learn more about, you know, what CyberCuff is and what we have to offer, uh, what courses we can, we can give you guys and, and come in and train, train you guys what to look for, raise awareness to, to this problem and, and to, you know, further develop more you know, more information on this, more brain power, more people that gets, gets their mind on this, it's going to be the better. Even talking to you, you know, I'll pick up, I'll pick up something, you know, the whole Google drive thing. Like I, I didn't know that you could take a drive and, or take a document off it, like stuff like that. That's why I want to get this. This is why I come on podcasts. Like I want to get other people thinking about how these devices can be used to, to hurt law enforcement more. Cause the more we think about it, the more we can be better prepared. So yeah, I would just encourage everyone to, you know, you can reach me at info at cybercuff.com or visit our website. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm excited to, to get out there and, and to, to share, you know, this idea with, with everybody. All right. Well, again, register for Greg's uh, course that's coming up in July uh, on their website, cybercuff.com. And of course, as always, we'll have links to all of the resources that we've discussed on the show in the show notes, which you can find at psi.chat forward slash, and then the episode number. Greg, 
Awesome having you on, man. I think this is just a fascinating topic. I'm sure you've uh, certainly blown some other minds like you did mine in our first conversation. I never would have thought that this was a thing until you brought it up, but it certainly makes sense. And thanks for bringing awareness to that and being an awesome guest on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Adam, for having me. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at psi.chat forward slash review. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other public safety innovators like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to psi.chat, click on episodes and search this episode number and you'll find all the links, descriptions and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.